Welcome to Changing the Sales Game on webtalkradio.com. I'm your host, Connie Whitman. You know I'm excited that you're here. You know, every week as you tune in and you listen to the show, I really hope that you're starting to understand between my guests and I that that word sales doesn't have to be something that's icky and sleazy, but truly come from this place of love, care, and respect. That's what I'm about. And that's what usually 99% of my guests are about. Now, to help you on your journey of changing your perspective or your approach to sales, I hope that you will be open to joining my all-star community. In the show notes, there's a link. Please check it out. We'd love for you to come and play. We meet twice a month and we talk things, sales and business and leadership and anything that you need. So check it out. See if it's something that's a good fit. And again, I am here to help you on your journey of changing your sales game. Now, my motivational quote today is by the amazing Stephen Covey. And he says, accountability breeds responsibility. So here's the thing. Through the years as a leader, both in business And my stint in corporate, you know, many years ago, one thing always has ranked true for me personally and, and for my teams, it's accountability is vital to creating a thriving revenue driven culture where the client, the organization and the salesperson all win. I call it my hat trick, right? My kids played hockey. So it's the hat trick where that's that win, win, win formula and it works. So where do we start to foster this growth and accountability mindset? The answer is kind of simple. It's creating a sales hiring process and best practices to promote these elite sales team. So who is my amazing guest today? And of course, my expert on standby is Dan Fantasia. Now, Dan's been in sales recruiting since 1997, and he founded Treeline in 2001, so he knows his stuff. His exclusive focus on helping uh, helping companies build world-class elite sales teams has helped to change the lives of over 3,300 sales professionals. Now, Dan has built a deep knowledge of what it takes to build and grow a top-producing uh, business. As a proven sales leader and innovator, Dan has created a positively charged culture that promotes the good in every person, resulting in a team that has developed best in practice methodologies and technologies that continues to revolutionize uh, the industry. Please help me welcome Dan to the show. So Dan, thanks for being on. And wow, this is an important topic. (laughs) Thanks, Connie. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. Yeah. And I love in your bio that you sent me um, that you have that your culture that you create or help businesses create is charged culture that promotes the good in every person. And I just love that because I think if we could become really good humans, everything else kind of falls into place. Right. Yeah. I'm in, I'm in total agreement. It just uh, one of our core values is do what's right. And when the entire company does what's right, you build a wonderful brand that companies and candidates and individuals, clients uh, enjoy being part of and working with. Absolutely. And, and I think, you know, if we, if we become these good humans, right. And we create this great culture where it's very um, dynamic and fun to some extent as well, right? That we all, that win, win, win kind of formula. I, I, it just every, it, it makes it easier to win the game, if you will, right. Of getting, of generating new business, growing revenue, all of those things, right. We got to keep it simple. Yeah. (laughs) You know, we, we have, we have built such a loyal following and, um, a lot of that is, um, 
it's because we care. Like we, we, we believe in changing the lives of sales professionals, right? It's about helping them and helping them identify and, and win their, you know, their selfish needs, what's important to them and where do they want to grow in their career, both professionally as well as financially. And when you help a person find a new opportunity, it feels great, Connie. I mean, it really does. Now, we might not be the fastest growing company in the world. We've had a tremendous amount of success. It's all in the, you know, in the, uh, in the area of sales recruiting. Um, but we have helped so many great people find great opportunities. And when you do that, the company's happy, the candidate's happy, the employees are happy, and you just feel really good about the work you do. Yeah, it's that ripple effect, right? Good in, good out, right? If your if your policies and your hiring practices aren't where they should be, you're not going to attract the right people to support the culture, you know, on the back end that the organization is trying to um, grow. It, the demand for your service, you know, with sales teams is and and this idea of scaling so that we can refine and hire the right people have you seen recently a, a huge kind of bump up in the demand for your services well you know when covid hit we we've always had a large demand for our service and depending on the industry and what's happening in it it's changing at all at all times right so uh through covid we have we were just uh out of control just challenging. It was challenging to keep up. We have seen a dip in activity over the last couple of months. Now, the summer months are never a great months to, you know, look at for, for a year in sales, right? So the summer months are always slow. We're starting to pick up and see a lot of activity right now, which we always tend to do. End of August into September and October, November, we go crazy because companies are realizing that now, you know what? They've just taken the past month off or two months off. They've been slow to hire. They're slow on their numbers. They've hit the dog days of summer. Now they're coming out of it and they're saying, let's go. We need to hire. We, we, we really need to focus on hitting our Q4 numbers. And more importantly, we need people in place so that we can hit our 2024 numbers. That's right. So it's all happening right now. And, and that's budget season, right? I, I was talking, I was doing some training yesterday with an executive team. And at the end, the CEO was on and I said, just can you hang for two minutes? I promise. Because I don't waste people's time. And I said, I know you're in budget season. You know, let me know if you want my observations from, you know, training all these employees so that we can kind of plan for what, like, keep raising that bar, right? We got to keep challenging people and hold them accountable, right? You're, you're spending this money on training. What's the ROI on that time and investment? Is there something we need to continue to do and support? So, and I said, look, I'm just being proactive because I know that it's in budget season. And she says, yep, right. we're meeting in September. You'll be in the, on the hopper right after that so that we could start to di- diagnose what are those next steps to raise the bar, keep people accountable, but keep giving them the tools and skills needed to do exactly what you're saying to scale the business. So, but it starts with the hiring of the right people. And then somebody like me comes in, right. To help build that culture and, and the um, behaviors to support what we want that client journey to kind of to look like. Right. Yeah. I'm, I'm so curious with people that like you went crazy during COVID, which I get, I think everybody pivoted. So, you know, now we have this hybrid kind of uh, perspective. So that made sense when you said that you kind of blew up because I think we, we 
individually were like, okay, I know I have blind spots with this. How do I get the best of the best now that we have this hybrid community? And that's where your expertise came in. Do you find that these, these organizations that reach out to you, that they understand the sales model and the selling, the skills, right, that the individual actually needs to be successful on the back ends? Like, do you see a disconnect there? Yeah, it's, it depends. Sometimes companies are excellent at this and sometimes companies are not. Uh, either way, we will coach companies to help them along, to help them figuring it out, figure it out. And by the way, some companies that think they're excellent at hiring aren't. They just aren't. <laughs> they all know exactly what they want and their needs and what have you. But um, if you put two companies side by side, one is excellent at hiring and one is not. The company that's excellent at hiring are hitting their goals, their headcount goals when they say they're going to and they get it done. It's a top priority for them. The companies that think they know what they're doing, they want a specific skill set, but find that when we go to market, that skill set is not realistic or uh, they don't have a competitive compensation package so that you they're struggling to recruit the talent they need. Those companies, they need our help because they need data. They need market data. They need to see candidates and individuals that they believe are a good fit for their organization. And then they need to understand if this is the right type of candidate, are we paying competitively? In other words, this is the candidate I want, Dan, but I'm realizing that they're $25,000 more on a base salary. So the question then is, do we raise our salary or compensation range or do we reduce our requirement, right? And so there is some level of learning as they go. So while they say at the beginning, we know exactly what we want, when we start to bring data and candidates to them, they really start to learn what's happening in the market, how competitive it is and what it's going to take to get the talent they want. Research, it's its constantly testing and observing and revamping. So you work really closely with HR people in kind of building the infrastructure for them. So you don't replace the HR, you kind of partner with them. That's exactly right. Yeah. yeah we, we work, I'd say we work most closely with the CEO, the CRO, uh, the VP of sales. Uh, those are the individuals that we work most closely with. Um, the, of course we work closely with HR, but more so around, uh, process, um, interview process, you know, things of that nature. But when it comes to strategy, it's usually the CEO and the VP, the CRO somewhere around there. Which makes sense because, you know, everybody has their zone of genius or expertise and, you know, somebody in HR, even a CEO, if if they weren't, they didn't come up through the ranks of sales. They, you know, how do you know what the, what the need is or the expectation? And I'll just share a really quick story. It's a silly one. I remember when, um, early in my, my banking as a financial advisor, um, they had shifted territories and they took a lot away from me because I was a hard worker, right? They weren't stupid. They knew what they were doing. They knew I would just dig deeper to make my revenue goals, right? My personal as well as my, my uh, corporate goals that, that were expected of me. And I remember I reached out to the VP of sales, right? Never been in sales before. And I said to him, listen, you know, strategize with me. I, I'm seeking advice here. You changed my territory. This is what I've been doing. You know, my numbers are struggling a little bit. Any recommendations that you see coming down or organizationally that could help support me? And you know what he said to me? Hmm. He goes, well, while you're watching football on Sunday, he goes, just pull out the phone book 
Swear to God, this was his advice. Pull out the phone book and start picking people in, you know, the zip code where the branches are and um, make those calls, you know, the, the Monday. I said, OK, thanks. Thanks for that. I hung up and I thought, OK, he's a moron. <laughs> what was that like? That was such a waste of time and effort. And like, are you kidding me? So yeah. you have people that aren't in sales running sales and yeah. you have this huge disconnect. So I think it's important to have somebody like you in the back pocket when we're looking, saying, wow, the numbers aren't here. Something's going wrong. Let's look at the personnel. Let's look at our hiring structure. Let's look at the training. Let's look at, you know, X, Y, Z. Um, so to have somebody like you in their back pocket, I think is really important. Yeah. Well, you know, to be honest with you, sometimes I feel bad for the HR team because they're put at a disadvantage. They're put in a situation where they need to hire a top enterprise account executive with a $2 million quota. And, um, and this is a need, right? If you're, if you have an open territory that's been sitting open for, you know, uh, three months and the quote is 1.2 million. That's a hundred thousand dollars a month. That's in three months. That's 300 grand that you're down. Right. And any strong VP knows headcount is critical. If you miss, you never get that time back. So if you're down a empty territory, you need to fill it right away. So the pressure's on HR, but HR has a million other roles that they're recruiting for. They're recruiting for a general admin and they're recruiting for engineers. And most of them are not very strong at sales recruiting. Matter of fact, there's not a lot of sales recruiting firms out there that are exclusive like we are, that have been doing it for 22 years like we are, that have the network that we can bring the talent to you. So when the HR team goes to market, they just, they can't produce the results the CRO needs to fill the role. And so they're at a huge disadvantage. Now, many of them have relationships with us, so they'll reach out to us. And for some roles, they'll fill in the toughest ones they have to, to find the right talent. They'll reach out to us. And we will bring them the talent that matches their exact needs. We'll do it in three days or less. And we'll make sure, yeah, I'm sorry. We will introduce them to candidates their first candidate they'll see from us in three days or less. And usually our average search takes 30 days. But the reason why it's so critical for us, Connie, is you're not going to get your hire in three days, but we want to make sure you know how much urgency we have and how important it is to us to bring you a candidate that matches your exact needs and that is ready to go and interested in your opportunity. And you have clarity because you know sales. Now, did did you come up through the sales ranks as well, or through recruiting? Like, what? What? I'm just curious. Yeah, you know, it's funny. I I joined right out of college. I joined a small company. I was promoted into sales and general manager. Uh, we were we were. I was there to grow and scale the company, but I was pretty young. I went to a sales recruiting firm looking at opportunities, and of course, what did they say? You're interviewing at these other companies, but what about sales recruiting? And I said to myself, I have no idea what this is. <laughs> it was a hundred percent commission. You know, I was like, what, what is this? I don't even know. And, but I liked the culture. I liked the company. I believed in myself. So I, I joined the company and within the first six months, it was a nightmare. I was horrible. <laughs> I was so bad at it, Connie. I was horrible, but I, like you. I was so dedicated and hungry and at all costs, I was just not going to fail. And so in my second year, I became the number two producer. And then my next year, I became a managing partner. 
Yeah. And, and isn't that funny? You, I don't know if you know my background, but like sales found me. I had no idea that I was even good at sales. And then, well, where do you, what, what kind of sales? Right. And, and this whole, cause you're a kid. What do you know? Coming yeah. out of college, we know nothing. Right. Yeah. But then all of a sudden you take, like you did, you took that step forward. And you're like, I really suck at this, but I'm going to double down my efforts because I, I think this is something I could be good at. And then you refine your skills and you go from there. It's so funny. My kids, you know, their recent college grads in the past couple of years. And they kept saying to me the first, you know, going out looking for a job, but I don't know what I want to do. I go, guess what? doesn't matter what you do now, 20 years from now, trust me, you're not going to be doing the same thing. You might be in the same industry, but trust me when I tell you, you're not going to be doing the same job because you don't know anything coming out of college, right? And that's not a put down. They have no work experience to say, oh, I love this or, oh, I don't like that or, oh, I'm not really good at that. You don't know until you get your first job. Like you said, I'm really bad at this. What do I do now, right? And then you, but that creates new opportunities for you to self-evaluate what, ed- what additional education, training, certifications, whatever might I need, advanced degrees might I need. But you don't know that until you start the working. So it's so funny. I had the same experience. Like, I'm really bad at this. Like, what do I do now? Kind of thing. And we found our way, right, Dan? We're doing yeah, pretty darn right. good. Yeah. You know, we, we continue to, uh, we, we really work hard to help others, right? So um, we've been in business for 22 years, building this huge sales community. And that's at all levels because there are SDRs or individual college graduates that we helped 22 years ago find opportunities that are now VPs that we hire for, right? And so at all levels, you're helping people understand what sales is, how to get in the game. If, it, if or if not, it, it may or may not be a good fit for them. College graduates, athletes, um, you know, individuals that are struggling to figure out where they want to go in their career. We spend a lot of time just educating them on what sales is. And for some, it doesn't sound great. It's not a good match. For others, they say, this sounds pretty good. Even though we talk about how difficult it is and what the challenges look like and the rejection and the grit that you'll need to be successful throughout a sales career. But for those that find it, and love it and get into it. And we help them find a great company. They stay in it and not only do they stay in it, but they grow in the field. And now, of course, like I mentioned, after 22 years, Connie, we've, we've helped so many people. And by the way, the, the 3,300 plus that we've hired, there are hundreds of thousands more that we did not help find opportunities, but we did help them in their career. I love it. I love it. it, it and you know, that give first, Every day we have to give back in some way. So the people that didn't end up finding a job through you or going through your recruiting firm, right? You still help them in some way to figure out, no, this isn't for me or yes, this is. And the other thing I want to comment on that you just said, Dan, I want everybody to make sure they heard this. Did you hear Dan say he helped people 22 years ago? Now they're the executives, the VPs of divisions that need to hire. And who are they going back to? Dan. So showing up, doing a good job, right? The proof is in the pudding of getting the results for them. And now they know with confidence we need to hire. Yep, we're going to Dan. So we create this network of uh, 
through accountability, right? Again, that word accountability, you hold yourself accountable to deliver and fast forward through the years, you've proven it over and over and over again, that these folks are, are your people, right? They're your, they're your friends. Probably, you know, them personally, um, and intimately. And I use that word intimately, not in a weird way, but you know about their kids, you know, who's graduating, right? You know, you know, who's just has a pregnancy or the kids getting married. It's intimate for us because the relationship matters. So I just want everybody to hear that. To me, that is one of the biggest cornerstones of sales, Dan, is building those relevant people in your life that you can reach out to as a resource, but you become friends and grow together as well. So you, you kind of go up the ladder um, together, but you're, they're your people that you know you can reach out for support, yourself included. You know what's amazing? Um, when we're hiring and training and <clears throat> onboarding and ramping people up, we tell them that they will get more referrals from the people they don't place than the people they do place mm. because there's so many people. So basically treat everyone with respect, help them in their career. If we're not the right firm, tell them, right? Full transparency. That's who we are as an organization. If you can help, help. If you can't give them resources, what can we do to help them along and that really goes a long way. Uh, and like I said, we've really, we have a really genuine, loyal brand and, um, we're so proud of the work we do. It, f- it feels really good. You know, I yeah. feel, feel very lucky. And the word proud, right? If you can say you're proud of, of the organization you've built and the people that you're able to help, like that feels really good. At the end of the day, you know, you and I aren't going to be on our deathbed saying, oh, I should have made right. that one more call. We're right. going to be like, oh, I should have sent a birthday card to Dan, <laughs> right? It's it's going to be a whole different level of um, care and love um, that will that will feel at the end, right? Not that I should have done more. It's, you know, I hope I did enough, right? For, for, for our people, right? Whatever that is for you. Now, before you mentioned interviewing, and Mm -hmm. I know this is real important as well. Do you have a protocol or like an interview scorecard or process that you share? So coming up with the, what the profile looks like in the criteria of a good candidate, but how do we interview that on the flip side? Yes, we do. As a matter of fact, on our resources page, we offer a interview scorecard, just an outline so that you can see what a standard interview scorecard looks like. Now, for us at Treeline, we interview uh, based on a few criteria. One is core values, which, by the way, understanding our own core values took a long time. And then interviewing for those same core values really was a breakthrough for us as a, as an organization, because if you hire people that have those same core values, they understand the company's core values. They live them every day and it helps promote the organization. Everyone believes in the organization. We're all moving in the right direction. Additionally, um, you know, there are key selling criteria. So for many companies, it is really important to understand what your sales model is and the selling characteristics that are important for that sales model. In other words, if you are a, uh, enterprise strategic type of sales environment and you're interviewing transactional sales professionals, when you go to hire one of those individuals, it is not unusual for them to fail because they are built for transactional sales environments that are high volume and outbound. 
They're not built for a nine month sales cycle if they're used to a 30 day sales cycle. And so what happens over three, six months, they start to get deterred and realize, oh my goodness, I, I thought this was the right company. It seemed to be the right culture, but the selling environment doesn't align with my sales characteristics. Vice versa, if you have an enterprise salesperson that's used to a strategic selling environment and they try to join a transactional environment, they sit down and they say, you mentioned functional accountability. You know, they're not used to making the high outbound activity that is required to be successful in that environment. So once again, they fail and leave. And so what we try to help companies with is understand their core values, of course, but understand the selling characteristics that are most important to be successful in their sales environment. And then lastly, we work with them on, you know, the soft skills that are important to every organization. And it's funny because I don't know about you, but the core values I think are critical because if the organization, if I don't have the same core values as the organization, it's like I'm forcing the square peg in the round hole, so to speak. So it's uncomfortable for me. So I, I couldn't thrive in that environment. And, you know, through my career, when I was in corporate, it, it's funny. I tell my kids I lasted about four years and either management changed or something changed that they were stifling my growth, right? The opportunities weren't there. And not a complaint or, or a derogatory to any of the organizations I've ever worked through. But it was that four-year mark where I was like, wow, they're not supporting me or values changed or I've grown and they're, they're not supporting that growth to that opportunity just wasn't there internally. And But the values, I think, are critical because where I have taken clients on when I started my business who didn't have the same core values as me, Dan, it was a nightmare. I, mm-hmm. It was frustrating mm-hmm. for me. I couldn't mm-hmm. deliver what they wanted because they, it, I, I didn't understand or they didn't understand me. Um, so I made that mistake once and never again. And I, when I coach business owners, I say, sometimes you got to fire the client because yeah. if it's, if the core values aren't there, why are you pushing the boulder uphill, man? You're not helping the client. They need to go with someone else. Like you said before, we're not the right organization to help you you know, check out this other organization. You know, how many times have you sent business elsewhere? I know I do the same. You know, I'm not the vendor. Hmm. This is somebody who's more aligned with you. So again, that that core value, I think foundationally is so critical. And we forget, we think they need to be aggressive. They need to be self-motivated. All of that might be true, but what are their core values, <laughs> you know, from as a human standpoint, right? Right. You know, it's funny. We um, We have fired our share of clients as well. And that is because when we're helping people find opportunities, if a, and we qualify and work closely with our organizations, but if a company has deceived us and they're turning people over constantly and can't figure out how to get their, their hands around this, it is challenging to work with that type of company because I can't take a top producer from a competitor, highly recommend an opportunity to find out or knowing that in three months is a good chance they're no longer going to be there. We just can't work with those kind of companies because our goal, like we have 97% success rate. It is unusual for our candidate or client not to work out. Now, if it doesn't work out, it's usually because something changed. To your point, something's changed at the company. And the CE, something's happened. The CRO moved on or the, the comp structure, what something changed, right? 
But otherwise, um, what we're trying to do is we're just trying to find a great match. There's no need to sell me or the client. Uh, it's all about finding a good match. And then with the client, it's the same thing. We're trying not to oversell candidates. Instead, what we want to do is we want to talk about what's good and bad about the opportunity so that everyone's expectations are set coming in. And that way we can help you sustain a successful and healthy sales force. It's a reality check, right? You actually come in, not only do the recruiting and help with the recruiting, but you help create the reality check for both ends, right? The client as well as the potentially new employee. When you go in, we're almost out of time, but this I think is an important question. So everybody's like, oh yeah, he's a recruiter. Oh yeah, sales recruiter. All right, I got it, right? But it's more than that. You really go in and you look at the infrastructure of what they're building and the culture they're building, as well as make recommendations to job descriptions, hiring practices, um, what that interview process looks like. So you really come in and look at all angles, not just, oh, you need a salesperson. Okay, let me let me go out to Mm. my network and find the next salesperson. Right. Am I understanding Uh, what you do correctly? Absolutely. I mean, you are crazy. If you're hiring a sales team and you're not working with us or you haven't talked to us, you're crazy. You're at a total disadvantage. I mean, you just, you can't even get the access to the talent we have. And once you start to work with our firm and you can work with us on a contingency basis, so there's no cost, right? You can try us out. And if you don't hire anyone, it costs you nothing. But the only thing you should be prepared for is you're going to hire someone because the talent we bring to you is going to be exceptional. It's going to be different than the talent that you've seen in the past. And the reason is we've been doing this for 22 years, right? We are really good at this, Connie. We are experts at finding top talent for your organization. And so when you start to see a pipeline of really top producers that have industry experience in your market, it's always shocking to realize how much companies pivot and change once they see that data pool and they see those candidates, usually, uh, you know, six to 10, six to eight candidates is what it takes to get a hire. So we're pretty specific. We're on point and we start bringing you talent. If in those six to eight candidates, you don't get a hire, then something's off, right? We need to figure out what it is. And so we'll work with a company to figure that out. We'll, we'll talk to them about who we've connected with what their feedback was, who's interested, who's not interested. We'll let you know how many people we reached out to, how many people showed interest, and how many people wanted to move forward. Like All of that data is just not information you tend to get from your internal HR team or your recruiting team, and they just don't seem, they just usually don't have the connections to drive the quality that you need to be successful in a VP or CRO or even CEO role. And and think about it. You said it before, the, the poor HR people, they have so much on their plate, right? They have the, the benefits, the compensation, the new hire, keeping the job descriptions up to date, right? Internal LMS, whatever learning management system that they're, they're functioning for new hires. There's so much going on. So having someone again, like you in the back pocket, I, I feel like it, it takes some of the burden off because this is your zone of genius. So we waste time and money thinking, well, we don't need to pay for that. We can do it internally. Can you? <laughs> and then it goes back to what you said before, too. You have all this turnover, the amount of money we spend in hiring, firing and going through this revolving door process. It's it's exhausting. You know, it's it to me, it, it's emotionally draining. Like, oh, my God, we lost another one. Like, what are we doing wrong when you're the answer potentially for uh, sales teams? You uh, I'm assuming you do. United States, international, what's your demographic? North America. 
North America. Okay. Yeah. We're out of time, everyone. But Dan, wow. This is uh, for me. We've just met. Dan and I did not know each other. We were introduced through whoever your contact was that reached out to me to be on the podcast. Um, I think everyone listening to this show, if you're an organizational leader or a sales team leader, can they email you just to even pick your brain and have a conversation um, to say, here's our situation. Do you think you can help Um, that? That's cool. Oh my God. You know, I can't tell you how many companies I talk to that you don't have to purchase from us. You don't have to buy or use our services, but it is helpful to get a different perspective. And by the way, it it. will be a very honest perspective. (laughs) It's not, it's not about winning your business. It is just going to be, uh, uh, I would share my opinion as to what I've seen in my experience. And if you like that uh, opinion, you know, use it. And if you don't, don't use it, but you don't have to worry about uh, being pitched on our services. It's just the sales community. We're trying to help companies grow and candidates find good matches. Yeah. It's funny because everybody think, Oh, their sales call. Oh, sales call. They push product on me. They're going to pitch me. And and it's funny because I'm the same way. I'm like, look, no pitch. We'll have a conversation. If I can help you, I'll tell you how. If you like it, cool. If you don't, cool. I might need to introduce introduce you to somebody else. Totally. I might not be the right candidate. Can we have a conversation? Right. I will never do a sales pitch if if I'm not the right fit. And here's the other thing. Like you, I share the facts. Here's how I can help you. I know I can do X, Y, Z. But if you're not ready, that's cool, too. I'm not here to force you to do something because then you then you create angst in my life. I don't want that. (laughs) I want the smooth relationship to unfold. And it sounds like you come from the same place. So everybody listening, if you are in sales and you're a sales leader, exec or a CEO looking to grow and scale your organization, um, I think a conversation with Dan is kind of important. So go to Fantasia at treelineinc.com. I will put that in the show notes. Website is treelineinc.com. And there's, uh, I'm going to share a link to a resource page. You have several things on that, Dan. Can you just talk to them so everybody knows what, if they go to the resource page, some of the really cool, and by the way, helpful tools I think you have there. Yeah. uh, One of the things we talked about earlier is uh, understanding the sales characteristics of your selling environment. Mm-hmm. So we have a, a tool to help identify your selling environment. Uh, we have a compensation calculator, which is super helpful. If you're recruiting uh, for a particular sales role and you're not sure where your comp structure should be, check it out. That's very, very helpful. Uh, we have the interview scorecard. And lastly, we have a uh, guide on how to write an effective job description. So all of those, they're free. Use them to, you know, to help what in whatever needs you have. And here's the thing, guys, and I'll, I promise I'll put that link in the show notes. But I think the importance of that resource page, uh, Dan, is that people can look at the scorecard, look at the interview process, look at the job description and think, wow, we're really good or wow, we have a lot of work to do. And again, because there's no fee unless they they hire, right, that you send right. them somebody that they hire. To me, it's a no brainer to get all of this organized and for you to be able to find the perfect fit. Time is money, especially in sales. So if we're not hiring the right people, that's a problem, right? Right out of the gate. That's a problem. It costs us money. And that's that's we have so much to do and and we want to serve bigger. We got to come out of the gate ready, right? We got to come out of the gate kind of organized and ready to to hit the road uh, running. Yeah, agreed. 
Yeah. Thank you so much for your time, Dan. Um, great conversation. Not my, not my world at all on the recruiting side. So this is just fascinating to me and all these tools you have. It's like, wow. Um, I love it. So thank you. Thank you for sharing uh, your zone of genius. Yeah. <laughs> thank you for having me, Connie. This has been great. Uh- a real pleasure, truly, Dan. Thank you. And I hope you will join me weekly as we question, build, and discover together, no matter where you are on your sales journey or changing your sales game. I truly hope my guests and I provide some tips, ideas, strategies, something thought-provoking ideas for you to go back right after the show now and contemplate what could be a really good next action step for you to create the change you're looking for. Again, information, I say this all the time, Dan, I know everybody's sick of hearing me, but I'm going to say it again because one day it's going to really register, right? Information's a beautiful thing, but if we do nothing with it, It's just information. You take the information, like go to the resource page Dan has shared and watch that action creates a reaction, which creates magic. And that's where the change really does become potent. And um, we can make more money and serve bigger and all the things we, we always talk about on the show. So thank you again for tuning in. You've been listening to Changing the Sales Game with me, your host, Connie Whitman on webtalkradio.com. I am truly honored to have you on this journey of changing your sales game. And between my guests and I, I really do hope that our information and the ideas, strategies, tips, stories, whatever, help you create that next step and movement forward. Thanks again for tuning in. I love you all, and I'll see you next time. Have a great week, everybody. Be sure to subscribe so that you don't miss a single episode. And while you're at it, please leave a rating and review and share it with your friends. Tune in every week for more exciting insights and strategies on increasing your business's ROI. And always remember, lead with heart and your sales will follow.